Thank you for tuning into the Life Room Podcast. Real life, real Christians, real struggles. My name is Sean Wilson, and I'm excited to introduce you to the type of teachings you can expect at the Life Room Community Church. The truth is, many people are winning in church, but struggling in life. At the Life Room, helping you translate kingdom principles to your family and your relationships is our focus. So if you like what you hear and are interested in learning more about what makes the LRC different, visit our website at liferoomcc.com and get ready for a ministry that is real and relevant to your life. Our podcast today will be coming from the book of Romans chapter 8 verses 28 through 37 of the New Living Translation. Sweet victory. Romans chapter 8 verses 28 through 37 of the New Living Translation. It reads, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. In this text today, we learn that our ability to be victorious over the things we face in life is not because we are somehow bigger or stronger than our adversaries. The truth is we overcome those things because our victory was already predetermined before we joined the fight. However, the fact that you're going to win does not mean that you won't have to get through difficult things. A winner is one who is victorious over something, someone who subdues their struggles, overcome an adversary, therefore becoming a victor. When we say we are victorious on today, I want you to think of it as bigger than just defeating those people or those things that come up against you. Because it's not always about trying to outfight the enemy, it's about making sure you're on the right team. So all throughout this podcast, As we look through each scriptures, I want you to constantly ask yourself, am I on the right team? The reason why this question is essential is because your fate will depend on which team you decide to join. I don't know about you, 
but I'd rather fight on a team that has a captain that has defeated death. The book of Romans is an epistle written by Paul. This book is Paul's heart poured out. The book of Romans is a key part of the New Testament and is a book that every Christian should digest often. In some places, this book is termed the Cathedral of the Christian Faith because of its profound theology. Unlike several of Paul's letters to the churches he writes, Paul does not address any major issues going on with this church or organizational principles that he would like them to fix. The Roman church that Paul is speaking to is a well-established church. For this church, Paul is deeply concerned that his readers understand how a sinner may be received by a righteous God and how, therefore being justified, a sinner should begin to live life each day glorifying God. Yeah, now that I'm saved, what's next? And so we begin with this powerful verse, Romans 8 and 28, one of my favorites, where we find Paul speaking boldly. Now, early in this chapter, beginning at the 18th verse, Paul began encouraging the church that although they will suffer as believers, the glory that will be revealed is not even worthy to be compared to the suffering. And in this first scripture, it goes hand in hand with that. Paul is trying to debunk any ideas that the believers have that just because we are followers of Christ, everything we experience will be perfect. He wants to let them know that although we are not of this world, we still live in this world. So no matter how saved you become, as long as you're here on earth, you will have good days and bad days. As the songwriter says, you will have some hills to climb. You, you will have, other words, you will have good things happen to you and you're going to experience some things that cause you to have vulnerable moments like Jesus himself had where you ask, Lord, why have you forsaken me? But the truth is, no matter what you go through, God has not forgotten and he has not forsaken you. This is an important concept because we have to equip believers not to give up when they are oppressed. Although I believe Jesus had a moment of what I call spiritual fatigue when he was on the cross, he stayed there because he understood that the cross was necessary and going through trials and tribulations are necessary for us also. God did not promise to keep us from trials and tribulations, but what he does promise us in verse 28 is that he will cause all things, that's everything that we go through, to work together for the good of them who love God and are called according to his purpose. So in other words, if you're on the team, you get this benefit. And to join this team, you have to love God. Amen. Only God can take the things that were meant to harm you and cause those things to work out for your good. Only God can take the pain from what you've been through and what you're going through and cause it to elevate you beyond or above your pain. Think of Joseph in the Bible whose brothers put him in a pit. They sold him into slavery. He, he was then thrown into prison. And after all that, Joseph says it was God who put him in position to save his brother's life. That takes some spiritual maturity to go through all of these things and still understand that your enemies, although they think they have control 
of your destiny by the things that they do to you, you might want to text them after this podcast and leave them confused with a simple question. Do you know what team I play for? Christian rapper Trip Lee has a song titled Sweet Victory. And in the song, Trip Lee says, the victor ain't the one winning in the seventh inning. The trophy don't go to the one with a good beginning. We have to understand that we are on the team with the greatest closer. We have to keep fighting when we're faced with trials on every side. We have to keep believing even when it appears like things are going opposite the way that God promised. Tap yourself and tell yourself, don't give up before the rally begins. In verse 29, it says that God knew us in advance. It means we were predestined. God chose you for this team long before you were born. That means that not only does God see you as usable, but get this, he sees you as valuable. Think about it. Although he chose us before we were ever born, he knows our end before our beginning, which means even though he knew we were going to mess up and do some offensive things, he still chose us. Before we ever sinned, he chose us. Before you ever made a mistake, God called your name. This scripture also states that he chose us to become like his son. Think about it. We see the type of father that God is to Jesus. And the scripture lets us know that it's the same type of relationship that he wants to have with us. His intentions was for Jesus to be the firstborn and we his siblings. You have benefits of being a child of the king. In verse 30, verse 30 says, And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Because he chose us, he also called us. Because he called us, he also gave us right standing with him. And having given us right standing, he gave us his glory. The point here is that all the other things we received because we were chosen. It's so important that we understand that we were chosen. He picked you. You're wanted. You did not just fall into place. God chose you. We we did not have to work to be called. We were called when we were chosen. We did not have to work to be in right standing with God. We received this when we were chosen. It's important that we act like we were chosen. Verse 31 says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? I need you to remember who is speaking here. It's Paul. Paul speaks from a unique perspective because he has been on both teams. Paul has played for the enemy. And not only did he play for the enemy, he was a big shot. He was one of their best players. He was highly educated. He had political backing. He came from a good family. Now, Paul has seen the light and is starring for the home team. Paul's conversion, however, was not a gradual conversion where he began to be more sympathetic to Christians over time. No, Paul goes from one day arresting Christians to the next day he is preaching the gospel he once had a serious issue with. Now this drastic change causes Paul to have enemies on both sides. His peers he used to run with see him as a traitor and many now want to kill him or arrest him like he once did to others. 
Now on the other side, Paul is not readily accepted by all Christians either because many find it hard to accept him when he has such a strong reputation of attacking Christians for their belief. So being attacked on every side, Paul has to consider what he is experiencing. And when he does, this scripture sums up his thoughts. If God be for us, you have been lied on, you, you've been abused, you've been misused. Well, if God be for you, who can be against us? In other words, I'd rather find favor with God than to find favor with man. Because Paul refers back to what he just indicated in the 28th verse. Even if people come against you, meaning it for harm, because we have favor from God, he is going to cause all things to work together for our good. That's good. Because it's our natural tendency to want to have everyone to like us and, and want us to succeed. Unfortunately, that is not at all what we will find in life. However, God being for us means you have an army that fights for you. One of the things that I find fascinating about Paul's writings is that he always speaks with so much confidence. Even when he appeared to be in bad situations, he spoke as if he was winning. Why? Because he knew who was on his side. He knew what team he was on. He knew his enemies may not like him, but they could not change the plans of God. In verse 32, it says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with himself also freely give us all things? We serve a God with a proven track record. He has shown us that he will spare nothing to save us. He, he made the ultimate sacrifice for sinners because it's not like we were innocent. He gave his son because we were guilty. And when I think about Jesus hanging on the cross innocently, taking on the sins of the world, taking on the sins that I committed over and over, it does something to me that, that someone could love me so much that he would pay the ultimate sacrifice of his life. There are people who say they love us, but they won't even give us the clothes off their backs if we needed it. But in Jesus, we have a friend that sticks closer than any brother, and it becomes our responsibility. We should feel obligated to make sure that his blood is not shed in vain. In verse 33, it says, who dare accuse us from whom God has chosen for his own. No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. When you decide to accept the call and join the God team, once you repent, your sins are washed away. You are forgiven. Even if people continue to hold your past as ransom, we have to know that God has given us right standing with him. Paul says, how dare man how dare man accuse whom God has chosen? And in verse 34, he says, Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. This goes hand in hand with the very first verse in the eighth chapter where Paul indicates that there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And in this verse, he doubles down on that. No one has the authority to condemn whom Christ has set free. You can really see Paul's life 
in his own writings. Paul, because of his past of being such an opposer of Jesus, one who violently persecuted believers, I'm sure he often had to deal with people bringing up his past. And so we see Paul often addressing that once you are free, how, how no man can hold you to your past. In verse 35, Paul poses a question. Is there anything that can separate us, divide us from Christ's love? He then speaks to things that people go through when they often question if God loves them. When we have trouble and things seem out of control. Father, do you love me? God, I'm being persecuted on every side. Do you see me? God, I'm struggling in my finances and having to ask others for food. Have you forsaken me? We are being threatened with death. How do you allow this? Paul says none of these things separate us from Christ's love. Your natural problems are no match for God's supernatural love. And in verse 36, Paul quotes scripture and says, It is written that for your sake we are killed every day like sheep slaughtered. Verse 37, he says, No, despite all of these things I just listed, all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. He then answers his question from verse 35. He says, No. Despite what you're going through, despite how abandoned you may feel like Jesus did on the cross, Christ is absolutely there for us. And not only will he get the victory, but it will be an overwhelming victory through Christ who loved us. See, this is why the cross was necessary. Jesus literally defeated death. He overcame all odds so that whatever we might face, he can resurrect that thing. Jesus on the cross had an overwhelming victory. And when we accept the calling to join the team, we too are guaranteed victory. One of the reasons why I believe the victory is overwhelming is that God never panics. When Mary panicked because Jesus was late and Lazarus had died, Jesus was like, chill. Cause sometimes God does not choose to respond how we want or when we won't. But when he does, it's always sweet. I can't tell you how many times I waited for him to respond. But when he did, he did not show up quietly. He showed up big. And guess what? If you trust him today, you too can experience sweet victory. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast from the Life Room Community Church. I'm Pastor Sean, and we are so excited about the great things that God is doing here at the Life Room Community Church right here in North Charleston, South Carolina. We welcome you to reach out to us, follow us on IG, YouTube, Facebook, and see the great things that God is doing. As we leave, can I pray for you? Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we come right now to say thank you. Father, we lift up a praise, Father, to let you know that you are such a great God. We thank you for the good things. We thank you for the bad things, Father. We thank you because every good and perfect gift, it flows from you. Father, we thank you that despite all of our issues and our flaws, Father, you continue to be consistent and reliable for us, Father. Father, we just pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you would begin to search us. If there's any 
anything that's not like you that dwell among us, anything that has attached itself to us. Father, we declare and decree right now in the mighty name of Jesus that that thing be broken, Father, so that we may serve you freely because he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So, Father, we just thank you, Father, for all that you've done and, Father, for everything that your word shall accomplish. And, Father, we just speak victory over every situation that your people who may hear this prayer may face and father we just pray by the mighty name of jesus those things are broken and they shall be free it's in jesus name we pray amen